Welcome to the United City Church Podcast, where we think God is much less concerned about where you've been than where you're going. We really believe this message will help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Enjoy. When a new year starts, we all kind of have these ideas. Everybody wants to start a uh, a new year's resolution, right? Did you know that gyms make more money at the beginning of the year than they do every, the whole year? Like, everybody's like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go. 2020 is the year of the gym. And they show up. And, and here's the deal. We will consistently do this for about a month. And then we'll realize that 5 a.m. is really early. And then we'll realize my body hurts. It's sore. Like, and then we'll realize like, I don't want to pay for a personal trainer because my body will hurt more. And then I spent more money than what I did. And, like, and, then, and then we realize that like, man, this is a lot of work because to be honest, life is a lot of work. And so uh, gyms will make more money in a year uh, at the beginning of the year than any other time because people are excited about to start their New Year's resolution. Some of us, we, we start resolutions that I'm going to sleep better. I'm going to get better rest. I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. Uh, my wife is an extremely disciplined person, and I love that she never really sets a New Year's resolution. And, it, and it, it's interesting to me. She never sets one, but what she does do is she kind of creates in her, her mindset and in her, in her soul and her spirit a word. Now, a couple years ago, it was discipline. That was the word that she lived by. And so she did nothing but get up every morning at 4.45 for a year. She, she had one word that she lived by. It was discipline. It was discipline with family. It was discipline with our daughter. It was discipline with eating. It was discipline. And, that, and that's how she lived her life. It, was, it wasn't a New Year's resolution to go to the gym more. It wasn't a New Year's resolution to do all, do all these things. It was just, I'm gonna be disciplined in the way that I live my life. And I, I think that so often that we forget that uh, we are all on a timetable, Right? Like time is of the essence. Time is serious. Time is something you can't get back. And, and, and I wonder if any of us have ever had this thought. Have you ever had this thought? Uh, I'm going to put it up on the screen. Have you ever had this thought? I wish I had more time in a day. Have you ever had that thought? Anybody ever thought what you do at the 25th hour of the day? Like if I had 25 hours in a day, I could get way more accomplished. If I had more time in a day, we, we make statements like this all the time. If I just had more time, then I could get more done. And if I just had uh, more hours in a day, then I could accomplish the tasks that I need. And if I uh, had more time in a day, I could, I could parent correctly. Or if I had more time in a day, I could go to the gym. Or if I had more time in a day, I could read my Bible. If I had more time in a day, I, I could pray more. If I had more time in a day, I could do all these things. But the reality is, is this. We all have the same amount of time. Your time is no different than my time. My time is no different than your time. And did you know that you have enough time to do everything that God wants you to do with your life? Did you know that? In fact, here's what the Bible says. This will be kind of a theme verse that we'll talk through over the next few weeks about this series called It's Time. It says this, His divine power has given us what? It's given us everything. 
His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I, I love that 1 Peter 1.3 says this, that his divine power has given us everything, not some things, but it's given us every single thing. You know, when we, we went on our cruise a couple, uh, about a week ago, and it was funny because when you go to Galveston, one of the things that you do is that's where you port to get on your boat. Well, when we showed up, we, we kept getting these messages that said that our boarding of our boat would be delayed. And here's why. Because fog had set in around the pier. And, and I don't know about you, but like, I just think this way. Sometimes in our lives it gets foggy. We can't see. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. They couldn't dock the boat. They didn't know what to do, so they kept pushing it out. So as we were there, we had to do something that most people would say that we should do. We should kill time. Well, I just got to kill time. I got to find something to do. Yeah, I think all of us at some point in time in our lives, we've thought about how we can kill time. So uh, we, were, we went to eat, we went to the beach, we went to eat, and then we were like, we, got, we stayed at the restaurant waiting for another notification because they said, in X amount of time is when you're gonna get your another notification when you can board your ship. And so we're like, okay, let's do this, you know? We're, we're waiting, and then it says, you will be delayed until 5 p.m. tonight. So for three hours, or maybe less, I can't remember the exact amount of time, for some time, we had to kill. So my wife and I, we're like, we had other people. We were tired. We'd gotten up early, 4 a.m. to be exact. We'd gotten up early that morning to drive all the way to Galveston so we could boat, uh, dock our boat at about noon. And, and as we were trying to figure out what to do, Amanda said, I want to go ride one of those. Uh, it was like a beach. Yeah, like, you could fit multiple people on it. You could pedal and do all this stuff. And we just rode up and down the beach. And so we paid money and we ride up and down the beach. And, and we said, like, and, and, and here's what I realized is that we didn't really kill time. As a matter of fact, I actually think God gave us that time. He gave us that time to be together, to have fun, to laugh, to take pictures, to goof around, to race people. I, yeah, you, you don't know me until you get me behind the wheel of a little deal that has a bell. And when, when people are walking, I'm like, ding, 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 and they're not moving, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, get out of the way. We're coming. Like, ding, ding, ding. People are like, what? And Amanda just kept laughing. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, they won't get out of the way and I don't want to run them over. And I have the power to ring the bell. And so we, we go through and we, we drive all the way down to this pier. It's all this stuff. And we drive all, we ride all the way back. And, and on the way back, Cooper was, was like, these people are trying to beat us. And so we raced them. And uh, it was just all this stuff. And I think oftentimes we, we, we don't, we waste our time. We waste the amount of time that God has given us. And sometimes God has given us moments just to take time. I love what uh, A.W. Tozer says this. He's a theologian that's passed away, but he said this. When you kill time, remember that it has no resurrection. When you kill time, remember it has no resurrection. You can't get back time. All of us battle this issue. We live in a time-starved society that relentlessly pushes us to the limits, not just for the holidays, but every single day to do more, to buy more, to be more, 
to conquer more, to, to be more productive, to be more efficient. It's about more, 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 and more. It's insane what passes for normal today. Most of us work far more hours than we used to. You know, who, who works only 40 hours a week these days? Not a whole lot of people. It's because we, we have to wait, we have to work more hours to make more money to live the way that we live with our lives. And on top of that, our evenings are often scheduled with, with kids and sporting activities and, and things that we have going on and, and all these things in our lives. And yes, church. We have to make time for that too. We're like, well, I can't, I, I, I've been here. I haven't been here in a couple, you know, I, I find it uh, very uh, humorous when people, they'll come to me and say, hey man, I'm sorry I haven't been in a couple weeks. And I, I, I'm not, I don't get upset about it. It's okay. I know that our time matters. We only have so much of it in a day. We only have a certain amount of minutes in a day. You know, many families rarely have time to even eat together. When I grew up, we ate around the table. Now we are going from place to place, eating at McDonald's and Chick-fil-A, getting through drive throughs trying to figure out where to go, trying to figure out how we can make ends meet because we have so much going on in our lives. And yet, this is all normal. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying that if you work hard, that you're bad. I'm not saying that if you uh, work over 40 hours a week, that you're bad. I'm not saying that if your kids play sports, you're bad. I'm not saying any of these things. I'm just trying to bring to light how busy our lives actually are. As a matter of fact, I think if I were to ask you this question, are you really enjoying life? Most of us would have to say no, and I don't have time to talk about it. I don't, I don't have time. I, I, I can't enjoy life. I got this to do. I got that to do. I got this going on. And here's what we have to understand. It's not about the time we have. It's about what we do with the time that we have that matters in life. Amen? It's not about the time. It's what we do with it. How are we being more productive with the time? that we have. How are we spending more time with family? I was reading a book on our vacation and uh, one of the things that the author said, he said he went to this restaurant and he was looking around and he looked over and all the heads were bowed at this table and he thought, oh, that's so awesome. This whole family's praying. And then he realized their heads were bowed for a very long time. And what he realized is that they were all staring at electronics. Nobody was talking. Nobody was having conversation. Nobody was asking how their day went. Nobody was, was worried and consumed about how the other person was across for them, from them. And I thought, man, how convicting and guilty am I of being that person? And so I just said, you know what? I, I'm gonna do away with the media for a little while. I, I, I'm gonna do away with some things for a while. I'm gonna focus on what really matters. And here's why. Because James chapter 4, verse 14 says this, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. 
For you are like a what? A vapor. You're like a vapor that appears for a little while, but then vanishes. Man. I think if I could be honest with you, this particular series comes out of a place of conviction for me. That life is a vapor. Like, that it's, it's something that's here today and gone tomorrow. We're not guaranteed the next second. We're not guaranteed the next minute. But what we are guaranteed is what's right in front of us right now. And how we operate our lives matters. Life is very, very short. Spent 36 years of my young life giving it to the kingdom of God, giving it to other people, sacrificing, doing everything I can. And it hit me over the cruise that I've been giving my life to the wrong things. The Bible says that where your treasure is, it's where your heart will be. And that's not just a financial thing. That's a, that's a life thing. Some of us treasure our devices. Some of us treasure other people more than we treasure the people that matter to us most. Some of us treasure our businesses. Some of us treasure uh, luxury and life. And those are not bad things. But when the bad things become prominent in our lives for the things of God, they become idols. I know what the Bible says about idols, that we shouldn't have any. There's a couple things that I want to talk to you this morning about. And I know I'm not my usual, uh, hey, let's go crazy and have fun today. I'm just, I'm trying to deal with the sinus pressure. But there's two things that, I want you, that it's time for, for, for you. This is things that I thought of for myself and for us. And the first one is this, it's time to stop being normal. What is normal? Going from place to place, going from thing to thing, wasting our time, killing our time. That's why I love Jesus. Jesus was like the ultimate unnormal person, right? Like he was anything but normal. He walked at his own pace. Think about this. There were no cars in Jesus's day, and yet there was still enough time for him to do what he needed to accomplish on earth. He understood that being like everyone else was not, was normal. And we know that he was anything but normal. The Bible tells us that he walked from town to town. Then he would walk from this town to this town. And you know what he was doing? He was sharing his purpose, walking from town to town. Now, some scholars will tell us, hear me out, some scholars will tell us that in his ministry, that he would walk um, somewhere around 3,000 miles in three years. 3,000 miles in three years. That's the equivalent of somebody walking from LA to the East Coast in three years. And yet, I don't know about you, but I just think, I could, if I'm God, I'm like, 
you know what? I don't really want to be here today. I'll just appear over there. Right? Like, I, I have to walk. No, I ain't walking today. I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm, like, I'm over there. Like, hey, everybody, you guys go ahead and make your trip. I'll see you later. Like, where everybody's like, hey, let's go for a walk. I'm like, no, I'm going to go for an invisible move. Like, I'm just going to show up. Uh, when everybody's like, hey, let's get on this boat and let's go to the other side. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not getting on a boat. I'm just gonna be over there. When you guys get there, I'll see you, okay? I, I, I'm not gonna be the guy who's like, hey, and everybody's like, hey, let's go get some food. I'm just gonna make food appear, right? I'm not gonna be, I, I, if I'm God, I'm not going to be that kind of guy. That's why I'm not God. Thank you so much that I'm not God. But I love this story in the, in the New Testament in Matthew chapter nine, Jesus accomplishes two things by walking. And time was of the essence in this moment, okay? Time was of the essence in this moment. Here's what it says. It says, as he was telling them these things, suddenly one of the leaders came and knelt down before him saying, my daughter just died. But come over and lay your hands on her and she will live. So Jesus and his disciples got up. So first of all, they're chilling. They're at a coffee shop, just hanging out. So Jesus gets up. And, he, and they followed him. And it goes and it says, Just then a woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. For she said to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I'll be made well. Jesus turned and saw her. He said, Have courage, daughter. He said, Your faith has saved you. And the woman made well was made well from that moment. And when Jesus came to the leader's house, he saw the flute players, and a crowd lamenting loudly. Leave, he said, because this girl is not dead. She's just asleep. She's taking a Sunday afternoon nap after the football game. I don't know about you, but if you're a parent in this situation, you gotta be a little upset. You went to Jesus, and the Bible says that, and they laughed at him. She's just sleeping. They they're mourning and, they, and then they're laughing at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and he took her by the hand and the girl got up and then the news of this spread throughout the whole area. Now, let I me mean, just explain some things. Culturally, Jesus is walking everywhere from place to place. He is healing people in their body. He's touching the sick, they're being healed. This leader knows that if Jesus shows up and heals his, and touches his daughter, that she could be made new. She could be made right. Instead, though, Jesus on his walk is touched by somebody else. How many of you ever had your life interrupted by somebody else? And, and what you, when that happens, what happens is you think, I, I, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this moment. I don't have time to talk. I got somewhere I got to be. And, and I got I to gotta get there because traffic on I-35 is going to be a nightmare if I don't get there by 3.30. I don't have time for this because 820 West is worse than any road that I've ever been on. I don't have time for this because I don't know what to do. And yet Jesus in all his humanity and all his godliness decides, I'm gonna stop and take some time. And he stops and he takes his time. And this passage of scripture is shared throughout the gospels. But in this particular one, he turns and he says to the woman, uh, in other in other. Uh, passage of scripture, it says that he felt power go out of him when the lady touched the hem of his garment. So he stops and he turns around and he says, your faith has made you well. Now, 
And let me explain something culturally in this time. There are people all around. Women were not allowed to do that kind of thing. As a matter of fact, if she went up and touched Jesus, culturally, she was subject to death. Like they were to take her out and throw rocks at her and stone her to death. So this is something that you're not supposed to do. But how many know that when you're desperate for something, you're willing to reach out and do anything to have your life be in the right, right place? So she reaches out, she touches Jesus' garment, he heals her. And in that moment, I can't imagine what the other people are thinking. I can't imagine what Jesus is thinking. Think about it. I'm going to heal somebody, but I got time to stop and help one more person. I got time to stop and, and move in their life. So Jesus accomplishes two tasks at once. He, he heals one lady and then he doesn't get in his car and drive fast to the next house. What's he do? He walks. <laughs> like, it's gotta be exhausting following Jesus, right? Like, like, if I'm a disciple now and I'm putting myself in the story, I'm like, yo, like, we gotta go. Like, there's a person that's dying and you're supposed to go help them and you're helping this lady and she's not dying, she's still alive, she just needs some help and, and like, we gotta go. And we're probably, I would be tapping on your shoulder like, yo, like, Jesus, you know that somebody came and said that their daughter is dying and you're supposed to go help. And I can just see him kind of just, yeah. I'm gonna walk my 3,000 miles with my purpose. I'm gonna show people what it looks like to walk in purpose. And so he walks, not in a hurry, not in fast pace. So he walks and he walks up to the scene. And I, I, I've, been, I've been to funerals. I've been to mourning. And I imagine what those people thought when Jesus showed up. Why weren't you here earlier? If you would have been here, then my daughter would be well. If you wouldn't have stopped to help somebody else, God, then my daughter would have been okay. God, if you wouldn't have been so selfish and trying to help other people, my life would have been great. My, my daughter could have lived. And I just imagine Jesus just walking. And I love how the Bible talks. It says Jesus shows up and he says, hey, everybody get out. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> like, listen. And if I'm, if I'm the family, I'm like, no, that's my family. Now tell me what to do. I'm not getting out of here. Jesus says, I need you to get out because I'm about to do something. I'm about to resurrect your daughter. So he walks in and he takes her by the hand. and He wakes her up. He says, she just sleep. No big deal. She's taking a nap. Now I often think about this story and how our lives compare. Fast pace. What I got, I got to get here. I got to go there. I got to get this done. I got to make sure I'm doing this. When Jesus accomplished everything that he needed just by walking in his purpose and by doing what he was called to do. Normal people do normal things at a normal breaknecking pace and never have time to do the most important things. So I say it's time for us to stop being normal. It's time for us to, to understand that, that there is way more to life than our fast pace. There's way more to life than the next thing. 
Your purpose matters. And you will drive on the express lane past your purpose because you're trying to get somewhere that God never intended you to get in that time frame. And you'll miss it. And you'll wonder, well, why? Why didn't I get there? I got there, God. This is where I was supposed to be. No, no. This is my timing. This is my time frame. It's time for us to stop being normal. The second thing that it's time for us to do is it's time for us to not waste our time. It's time for us to not waste our time. Luke chapter 10, there's another story of people who are not valuing time. It says this in verse 38, it says, while they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many what? Ah, she was distracted by her many tasks. Anybody been there? If you're a task-oriented person, you're distracted by your tasks, that's okay. Tasks are good. You need them in your life if you're a task-oriented person, but do not allow them to distract you from what God has for you. It goes on and it says, and she came up and asked the Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Don't you care, God? Don't you care that I'm over here cleaning up? I just gotta ask this question. If Jesus were coming to your house, what would you do? Would you be cleaning? Would you be making sure everything's ready to roll? Like, I got, I got candles lit? Oh, yeah, does it smell good in here? Is the trash taken out? Is there, is there food in the sink? Is the garbage disposal, like, does it smell well? Like, is the, is the dishwasher taken care of? Is, is it mopped, swept, vacuumed? Is it, 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 we start worrying about all these things and what Jesus wanted more from, from this story was for her to understand that her tasks were getting in the way of her calling. Her calling was not to get the task done, but the task at hand was to set at the feet of Jesus. Because when we're at the feet of Jesus, when our time becomes his time, when our time becomes his time, then life aligns the way it should be. I love that it says, you care that my sister has left me to serve alone, so tell her to give me a hand. <laughs> I got a sister she ain't doing jack. I'm doing all this work. I got all this stuff going on. And here you guys are just sitting down and chilling. And Jesus, in all his amazing godliness, he answers her and he says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mm. One thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice. And it will not be taken away from her. Mm. Mary's made the right choice. You worry about many things. Today in your life, are you worried about many things? What choices are you making? 
Don't waste your time. Are you worried about the task at hand or all the things you have to accomplish or how much you've got to do? Or are you worried or are you thinking about the pace that Jesus sets in your life? I know that's hard. Like, I know that I may just be on like vacation hangover, but the reality is, is that I set a pace in my life that's been unhealthy. A pace that kept striving for more and, and trying to get to a certain place and trying to reach a certain amount of people and trying to do all these things with my life. And I realized that I've been in the express lane missing what's important. When you get on I-35 and you head towards downtown Fort Worth, there becomes a bottleneck around the Abilene exit, about exit 51 or 52. That bottleneck usually starts way back in the back. And I think oftentimes we want to take the express lane because I don't want to deal with all the break and the stop and the go and the stop and the pace. And why is this taking? So like your GPS will say, it'll take you 30 minutes to go like eight miles. Can I just suggest something to us as a church and as people? that it's okay to not be in the express lane trying to exhaust yourself to get somewhere. Because when you get there, I'll tell you what, you will be tired. And what God meant for you was not tired, it was time. We all had the same amount of time. It's, we, we, we talk about it. We, we know that the Bible says that his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. And yet, we spend our lives running out of time. I don't know about you, but I look at what's going on in our country. I look at what's going on in our society. And we are driven people to try to make something happen. And that's okay. I want you to be driven. But I don't want you to do it at the expense of missing out on what God has for you. When Jesus would walk from town to town, he wasn't in a hurry. He was in a purpose. And that purpose was to make sure these people taken care of. That purpose was to show the world. You know, it's, it's not too late to make the right choice. God factored in time and our mess ups. Amen? <laughs> like, in our mess ups, he's like, you know, I, I, there's time, there's mess ups, there's time for that. He factored it all in. Don't miss your miracle along the way of the express lane. Don't miss your miracle along the way of missing time. Don't, don't miss it because God will have something for you in the slowdown phase of life. There is a time to press the gas pedal. There is a time to put on the brakes. There is a time to do these things, but there is never more of an important time than to be with Jesus, amen? Like it is the greatest time. It is the one time where Jesus would say, 
You're worried about too many things. The Bible says that cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to 2020, I think. It's time. It's time for me to, to really focus. It's time for you to really focus. The Bible says that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. God will not start anything he cannot finish. But maybe your finish line looks different than God's. And that's not where he wants you to be. You've been running at a pace that's unhealthy. You've been running at a pace that's convicting. I just encourage you this year. I'm not asking you to slow down. I'm asking you to be aware. I'm asking you to, to prioritize your time. I'm asking you when you go to a restaurant to sit with people that you love to not stare at your phone as much. I'm asking you that when you're at your homes, that you're present, that you're all there, that you're not just partially there. I'm asking that, that when you go to work, that you understand that your time God gave you and that the work you do is a byproduct of who God is and that's worship. I'm asking you that, that in this season of life, that you would know that God is a timely God. He's an on-time God. And that no matter what you face in your life, there's nothing better than being at His feet. And you may be thinking, God, why are you doing this for somebody else and not doing this for me? Just like in the story, in Matthew, and you may be thinking, I'm cleaning up and I'm doing all these things and nobody's doing anything. And Jesus says, that's because you're so full of tasks and that your tasks just aren't in the right alignment. Thank you for joining us. For more information, you can visit unitedcityfw.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and even share with your friends. Thanks for being with us today.